0: Exodus chapter 14, verse 13 to 15, and the topic of today is the dead end of life, the dead end of life. If you have your Bible, please open Exodus chapter 14, verse 13 to 15. Are we there? And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. I read again verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Praise be to God. May I invite Pastor Kasimu to come and share with us. The word. Let us pray for him. God, we thank you for the word that you prepared to us this day. Thank you because your word is powerful, your word is mighty, O oh God, your word which is sharper than any double edged sword, O oh God. May you use you may you use it through Pastor Kasim for correction, for teaching, for encouragement, oh God, for direction. For the glory and honor of your name, we commit reverend cursing before your able hands. May you bless him, may you guide him, may your Holy Spirit be in him, even as he uttered those words with boldness, with courage, because you are speaking. through.
1: And good morning, church. Those who are here, could you just greet me like this? Praise the Lord. And praise the Lord and those that are watching us from the house, from home, from uh, cars, prison, hospitals, everywhere. We thank God that you could uh, tune in and just follow us today. The Lord is good all the time. So the Lord is good and all the time. And that's, that is nature. And there's another version. You say, and I am the evidence. That God is good all the time. And I am the evidence of the goodness of the Lord. Because I am a witness of what he would do. Abednego Kasimo uh, speaking um, the word of God uh, by the grace of God this morning. We're discussing the end, the dead end of life. We're discussing when you get to a point you call a hard, a place between a, a rock and a hard place. There are many ways to describe being in a difficult situation. For some, you can call it catch-22. 22, catch-22. 22. Others would call it a deep pit. But I have experienced a season of a deep pit that I went down to a deep pit that I could not get out Others say that I got into a catch-22, choosing between this and this, and I did not know what to do. Others could call it crossroads. But we all go through such seasons of dead ends in life. Have you ever reached a place like that, whatever you call it, that you don't know what to do? We all go through, and probably even now we are going through that even you leader even you your excellency the governor or a king or a president or anybody or a parent you probably are where you feel that you're in a catch-22 if I make this decision my political opponents will celebrate if I do this so that they don't uh, celebrate My people in the county will suffer. You are in a catch-22. You are in a relationship that you don't know how to deal with it. Dead end is defined in the Webster Dictionary as an end of a street, as of a street without an exit. An end without an exit. Or a position, or a situation, or a course of action that leads to nothing further. So this is a feeling of a, of a dead end in life, and it can be very it's a, it can be a high risk, a high health risk. We hear that it actually leads to some mental illnesses, such as the cotard delusion. Some of them have called it a cotard cotard delusion. It is a belief that you are actually a walking corpse. So we're describing a situation which is sometimes called a walking corpse syndrome. That you feel that you are, you are a walking corpse. Like you are dead. You feel like there is no life anymore. You are a walking corpse. But it is true. That I, I, I think I remember. I have walked such a road. Where I have felt. I am a walking corpse. And I am not alone. I am sure a listener somewhere identifies with this. Some careers. Some ministry. Pastors. And those that are involved in ministry, you get to a point that this is a catch-22. This is a dead end. I am a walking corpse. See in your career. And you say, now why did I choose this? Why did I even, why am I here? Why did I choose to be a teacher? Why did I choose to be an accountant? Why did I choose to be this? I have changed careers over a very many, very many times in my life feeling that is a dead end. A person's health, where you feel that I have come to a dead end, I'm only waiting for death. In fact, I am a walking corpse. Some certain business that you feel that you've reached a dead end, particularly relationships, have reached dead ends. They, are in a, they, they have the inability to move further, that your marriage is just there, is what in Kenya we call it kuvumilia kuandani andoa. That you are just there. You are just there if a voice were to come at night where nobody can tell and you are and asked whether you would be happy to exchange your husband with someone else uh, or a wife with someone else as long as nobody can see you would lift up your hands because the relationship, the marital relationship has reached a dead end, a catch-22. And this is a very bad situation. Secular practitioners have recommended very many alternative treatments, such as self-talk. If you go to a counselor, to a therapist, they will actually use a method, a therapy called the self-talk. They train you. They train you on self-talk. The others train you on self-compassion. Another therapy is called the self-regard. And this is a therapy that can take you even six months sessions just on self-talk or on self-regard or on self-compassion. But they all pass the same message that you are actually your best friend. They train you to be your best ally in life. They aim to prevent suicidal thoughts, which some which come around this situation when you feel your life purpose has expired. But self-treatment, I suggest to you, friends, is superficial and short-lasting. Human needs, the human beings need biblical skills in dealing with dead ends. We need Bible principles, not self-talk, not self-treatment therapies. Of course they are useful, but a better method is here, a better medicine is here, a better pill is found in the Word of God. Praise the Lord. Last week, we are already in the book of Exodus to study how to keep an intimate relationship with God. Because this relationship never, reach, never reaches dead ends. Last week in Exodus chapter 1 and 2, we saw that during seasons of deserts of life, God has a plan for your life. God has a place for your failure. And a purpose for the desert you may find yourself in. We are in Exodus chapter 13. But before then, let's remember chapter 4, we see Moses coming back from the desert at age 80. an old yet energized leader of Israel. In chapter 5 to 11, we see God, the fighter, shaking the enemy of Israel, Pharaoh, until he is ready to release God's beloved children. Now in chapter 12, we see the beginning of the Exodus, the journey. The tired enemy gives up for now. Remember, for now. Remember, the enemy, the enemy does not release you for, 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 for life forever. The enemy releases you only for a while, for now. When you get relief from Satan, it is only for now. He released them for now. We see in, in, introduction of worship in this chapter, and some ordinances that are coming in there, including uh, Passover and how to set yourself apart so that you become instruments of worship. Even as God fights their battles. And God expects us to become instruments of worship. That we are busy worshipping him. Because he is busy fighting our battles. Praise the Lord. In uh, chapter 13, Moses has taken bones of Joseph. In fulfillment of what he had desired. And the journey is beginning. God has a supernatural being. Attached for the protection and defense of Israel. Some people think the cloud of fire and the cloud of shade was, was just a physical thing. But most commentators um, uh, have a feeling um, and a lot of evidence in the arguments that it is not just a physical cloud. It is a supernatural being because how else could then... Uh, the Bible explains. The Bible explains in languages for human, human beings. They have a name for that. They call it anthropomorphism. That you use something that only, only a human being can understand. Otherwise, it does not necessarily mean just that literal thing. So, God had a supernatural way. A supernatural being attached for the protection and defense of Israel. The Lord continues to go before them in various top of us. When they come at Sukkoth and when they come at Etham, at the edge of the wilderness by day he had a pillar of a cloud which transforms into a pillar of ni- a fire at night now in chapter 14 after traveling a couple of days to the south God tells Moses to turn back and go and come between Migdal and the sea so God wanted Pharaoh's men to think that Israelites are wandering about and pursue them. It was, the, it was to entice them. He wanted them somewhere where they are wandering there so that Pharaoh's men can see that Israelites are in a dead end. They are at catch 22. It was a trap for God that he was trapping Pharaoh. Because he knew that he has only relieved them for now. So, but you see, the problem is. Pharaoh thought it was his own trap. The enemy will always think that it is his own trap. Little does he know that God has made his own trap. Joseph had already told his brethren that whatever you planned for evil, God turned it for good. The devil can lay traps, but he thinks it is his own trap. He does not know that it is the Lord. When the soldiers were nailing Christ on the cross, when they were celebrating upon his tears, they did not know that it was a trap for them, that God had already occasioned it because he is always ahead of them. God is always ahead of the enemy. Praise the Lord. So, um, Pharaoh is uh, seen chasing them when they have nowhere to go. And it is here that we see a good example of a dead end in life. A life between a rock and a hard place. Before we pick out three lessons of handling dead ends, Listen, let's listen to both Moses and Israel, which is a type of response we all go through when we reach dead ends in life. And I know that as we go through this, you identify your own dead end. For yesterday or today, but even if you have never been in one, you better go with these skills because you don't know about tomorrow. First of all, Israel's road to despair. And the road to despair is the road to inaction. We see this in verses 10-10. And 12, they were very afraid. Israelites became afraid. They started on a road of fear. It made sense for Israel to be afraid, of course, because they could see Pharaoh's armies on, the air, on, the, on one side and the Red Sea on the other. They seemed to have no chance for escape. Therefore, during dead ends, fear strikes. Number two, on the road to despair, They cried out to the Lord. We see here, the Israelites cried out to the Lord. Israel did the right thing, of course you expect. We find ourselves in dangerous places with no easy escape. But we must cry out to God. Because God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble as we see what the psalmist says in Psalms uh, number 46 verse 1. Israelites complained and murmured. Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Their fear and their cry to the Lord made sense. Yet their words to Moses showed little faith and a loss of confidence in God. When we are praying and looking at our situation, we might make sentences that look like they are real. But the words, the choice of words, will define the kind of faith you have. Even the words that you use in prayer will demonstrate who you are in terms of faith. Yet, because their words showed little or loss of faith or confidence in God, they gave up. They said, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. Israel was not yet a week out of Egypt. All this wilderness, all this uh, stopover is just about a week. And they already distorted the past. Thinking that it was better for them in Egypt than it really was. You are only one year old in the place of work. And you're reaching a dead end and you despair. And you're forgotten it's the Lord who brought you there. You feel you're better off at home. You feel you're better off away from the business. You feel you're better off away from your marriage. This is exactly the road to despair. But we also look at the 13 and 14, the road to hopefulness. The first road to despair was actually the road taken by Israelites. But let us listen to Moses. He takes a a road to hopefulness. The first step was the the step of courage. There are desert lessons that Moses had already learned. He knew The life of courage and he could hear the voice of God telling him do not be afraid so he told them don't be afraid I have learned the road of courage at this point Moses had no idea how God would help them in the situation in fact God had not told them I admire the faith of Moses Remember, if you look at the scriptures, it is not yet time. God has not told Moses what he will do. But Moses has learned one thing. Do not fear. He has no idea what is going to happen. All he knew was that God certainly would help. In a a sense, Moses knew that he was in such a bad situation that God had to come through. When we see that our our, our only help is God we are more likely to trust Him. Quite often, someone says, it is the little things we think we can do in our own strength that bring us down. Not the things that we know only God can do. And this is why the the, 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 the wrong theology that God helps those who help themselves. Who said that? That's the wrong thing. You think that you can help yourself, then help yourself. But you get to trust in the Lord On the big things that you realize that only God can do. There is no other God like you. There is no other God like you. You have done what no man cannot do. And you will do that no man cannot do. If you know this is only God who can do, you tend to stand and wait upon God. But we are too busy doing very many things which the Lord should do for us. The step of uh, peacefulness, the step of peacefulness or tranquility where he tells them stand still. Do not be afraid. Instead, stand still. God did not tell Moses to tell them to stand still. It is Moses who has this life of hopefulness. He tells them, stand still. <laughs> if a gunman were to enter a place, would I tell you, brethren, stand still when the bullets are. Most likely I would be telling you, here, here hiding my, sh- my sheep, my flock, Moses, because I'm human, Moses, I admire your faith. Stand still, brethren. Attest, what if they are shot? What if they are killed? We fear we fear what might happen. Even as leaders, we know what can happen, but we fear. But Moses never, never feared. He knew the step of tranquility, standing still. Moses told the people of Israel to stop. This is often the Lord's direction to the believer in a time of crisis. Despair will cast you down, keeping you from standing. Fear will tell you to retreat. Imp- impatience will tell you to do something now. Another voice might even tell you, jump into the sea before it is parted. Yet, as God told uh, Moses, Israel, he often tells us to simply stand still and hold our peace as he reveals his plan. Somebody say amen to that, that he will tell us, just hold your peace. Because what else can you do? You just waste your energy for nothing. When a dead end is a dead end is a dead end. Some still don't fear. Then he took the step of foresight to see the the salvation or the victory of the Lord. Moses had no idea what God would do, yet he knew what the result would be. He knew that God would save his people and the enemies of the Lord would be destroyed. That he was sure. He had seen the Lord do that. He had enough desert lessons like we were discussing the life of the desert last week. He could say to Israel, Lord, the Lord will fight for you. He had known God to be a fighter. Later, we see Moses singing songs that you have been our, our fighter. You are a fighter, you are a fighting God. You are a God of war. He calls him a man of war. And it is his necessary, brethren, when we are praying, we feel that we are dealing with a man of war. He knows how to fight battles. He said, God will fight for you. Amen. The faith for completion, you shall see them no more forever. He told them, the idea behind this simple, um, this implies much more than at first look. Moses perhaps spoke in terms of eternity as well as their present future, a time. We need faith for believing that Jesus is able to complete that which he starts. Paul had that kind of faith. He said that, I know that the Lord is, is, is able to complete that which he starts in me. He finishes what he begins. What he has begun a good work in me, he is able to complete it. He began a match for you, he is able to complete it. He began a business with you because you involved him, he is able to complete it. I know that my Lord is a wonderful finisher, praise the Lord. And therefore as we finish, as we move towards the finish, the last thing we're discussing is now the take home. Which are the three skills for dead ends in life. And these three skills, as usual, I'll give you in the three Ps. First, panic. Two, patience. Three, the path. So the panic, the patience, and the path. This is what you will go home with. First of all, Panic will not help you. We see this in verse 3 to 12. The beginning of inspiration sounds sweeter than its progression. So was the Exodus? The glory opportunities of God, which Satan often converts to be opportunities to cause fear, are known as Red Seas. That's where God laid a trap for Israel's enemies. The sin was too fearful, only a few. Will not panic. Never judge the path, this is what Tommy Higgle says, never judge the path God leads you on until you get to the end. We don't get to the end until we get to heaven. Therefore, you will have a reason never to panic. Never judge the, Lord, the, the, the road the Lord is leading you to. The career he is leading you to. The school he is leading you to. He will lead you to alliance. He will lead me To another school. He will lead you to another career. He will lead me to another. But the Lord has a road. Do not judge that path God leads you until you get to the end. And you never get to the end until you get to heaven. Why? Because God still has time, God is not limited. God can change anything. He can change it anytime. Things can just happen. He can change your path anytime. And he can re- bring relief to you anytime. You will never get to the end until we get to heaven. Therefore, don't panic. Instead, grab the opportunity with courage. Dead ends are kingdom opportunities for God to deal with us and encourage us. Grab it with joy. Red Sea will still pass because they are not there anymore. It was there for a while. In fact, it was there for a day and night. They will pass. We shall cross to the seashore because we have a captain of our salvation. Somebody say amen. When you reach the dead end, therefore, number one, don't panic. Number two, patience will be useful. Verse 13 to 14. As you stop panicking, just stand still. Lest you should engage in self-effort. Wait for the sign of the Lord. God has signs. Stand still. As you stop panicking, just stand still. If you don't stand still, you are likely to engage in self-effort. The things we've just described. Helping yourself, thinking that after doing that, God will help you. What if you help yourself in going the wrong direction? Fear tells you to run away. And impatience impatience tells you to act now. But God has commanded peacefulness during dead ends. Having a still heart, peaceful, tranquility until he reveals his plan to you. It takes patience to wait for that revelation. It will come for you to know that the revelation will come. Even when I don't know what to do. When I do not know whether to turn right or turn left. I do not know whether to continue or to withdraw. I don't know whether to, co- to close this business or to just continue. I do not know whether to keep this career or change it. I hear voices telling me what to do. But when you reach a dead end, stand still. It takes patience to wait. God is going to reveal himself. He has a way of revealing himself. He has a way of talking to us and making us clear that this is what the Lord once. This revelation will not stay away for long. It will come. Keep waiting. Stay calm. I pray that the Lord will give us peaceful hearts, peaceful faith that waits upon the Lord. That you see a person who is suffering. I always like to remind about a brother. A brother who was always with us. He went for missions. He did everything with us. But I came to discover that he could go for two to three days without food. And he was not telling us. He was waiting upon the Lord. He was hardworking. He was not lazy. But there was a circumstance. I envied his faith. He remains calm. The Lord came through for him. He no longer, he not only found food to eat, but he started feeding, feeding others. How I pray that the Lord shall give us to be peace.